a lot of business owners talk about top line. Oh, I did six figures. Oh, I did 1.2 million, blah, blah, blah. Well, that is fantastic. I'm super proud of you. How much do you have left over at the end of the day? Because I've walked into companies that are 9 million and the owners roll in large and has all the shiny stuff. And then I go in and they're negative $800,000 and he's having to pull personal funds to clear payroll. So you need to start with profit. You need to start with the bottom line because we're all in this to make money. If you're just looking at top line, you won't have something at the end of the day. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Pam Jordan, president of Pivot Business Group. Pam Jordan is a no-nonsense financial expert and speaker. She specializes in analyzing and streamlining the back end of fast-growing companies, as well as efficiently creating more profit and strategic growth. Pam started the Pivot Business Group, and she works day in and day out to identify and eliminate errors, create financials businesses can trust, and work with her clients long-term to maximize growth and profit. As a certified profit-first professional, Pam recognized early on that most entrepreneurs begin their businesses based on an idea or passion where many of them are not interested in the financial side of running a company, but they are laser-focused on continuing to grow, create ideas, and take over their respective industries. Pam has been honored with numerous awards and accolades, including Outstanding Business and Financial Executive of the Year, and the 40 Under 40 in the Triad Business Journal, as well as being featured on Entrepreneur.com. Listen in for some great takeaways about the importance of knowing your numbers and how you can add value to your business immediately. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the pleasure of being with Pam Jordan, president of Pivot Business Group today. Thanks for joining us today, Pam. Thanks. I am so excited to be here. Yes, it's awesome to have you. And listen, what I want you to do, and so our listeners have an idea of who you are and what you're about, can you tell us about your path to founding Pivot Business Group? How did you get here and why'd you start it? Yeah, great question. So I was in the construction industry. I was a CFO for a general contractor. And we survived the 0809 construction crash and the chaos that came with that, but unfortunately didn't survive a greedy salesperson. And ultimately the company shut down through bankruptcy. And as I walked out of the courtroom and then had to go find a job, realized I had a skill set and I wasn't going to let bankruptcy happen to another small business. So I went out and started my own company as a fractional CFO. And we have grown over the last five years to a team of seven. And so we do just that. We help business owners have numbers they can trust and understand. Yeah. So what does that mean, right? What is Pivot Business Group all about, essentially? A lot of people who listen that are small, mid-sized businesses and even bigger than that, you use the term fractional CFO. If I'm looking to talk to Pivot Business Group, what are you guys all about? Why am I contacting you? Yeah. Awesome. So we are a outsourced accounting firm 
So we do the books, we do bookkeeping, but we also specialize in CFO business strategy. So the way I explain it is most accountants just tell you, look at the rear view mirror of your company and tell you what happened. So a CFO sits in the passenger seat up front with the map of how we're going to get there. And they're looking out the front window. So a lot of accountants are at the end of the year saying, okay, well, good job. You made money. You owe the government $20,000. And the business owner is looking around saying, wait, I didn't make money. Where is it? And working with a CFO helps you look forward and have a plan. So we know exactly where our money is going and where we're going to end up at the end of the year. So you're providing that role of the CFO because initially you said we're an accounting firm, but you're really the CFO role within the business and you're supplying that role, if you will. Exactly. So we started just supplying CFO services and we found that a lot of businesses didn't have a strong bookkeeper. And I can't advise you at the CFO level if I don't have numbers that I can trust. We can't make a cash flow projection. We can't do a budget. We can't do a perspective. All these things if I don't have good data. And so that's why we opened up a bookkeeping wing of what we do because we've got to have numbers we can trust. And we also found that a lot of companies are doing really well at selling and growing, but not a great job at tracking their numbers. So they'll come to us for help because they're growing rapidly, but money's tight, or they want to go and get outside investors, or they're ready to exit. And we look at their books and we're like, okay, well, there's a few things that need to be done first before any of those can happen. And so that's where we roll up our sleeves and our team can do cleanup, catch up accounting, and then we can really keep it going on a monthly basis with the bookkeeping, but also have those CFO conversations. Interesting. So to be clear, sometimes it's just as good to know what you're not as well as know what you are. So what I'm hearing is you're not doing tax returns. You're not doing the traditional CPA type of work that you would go to in order to file your taxes, make sure you don't have any issues with the IRS. You're doing everything up until that point to some regard with regards to the bookkeeping component. And then you're also acting as an advisor, as that CFO capacity to help the business and the business owner navigate their financial landscape, if you will. 100%. And we work very closely with the CPA or tax repair with our clients because we know where we are right now and we know what the next 90, 100 days are going to look like. So we're meeting quarterly with our clients and their tax repair to say, here's where we are. Here's where we foresee us going. What can you do now? So we take a very proactive approach when it comes to tax preparation. A lot of CPAs you talk to once a year when it's tax time. And we try to open that conversation with, as the CFO, with the CPA so that we can know throughout the year what's going on. So you are correct. We do not do taxes. We get you right up to the line and give it a very warm handoff to the CPA. That's great. So where did your entrepreneurial bug originate from? Where did that come from? Because not everybody's made out or wants to be an entrepreneur, but it seems like this was the path you were meant to be on to some degree. Yes. So I've had a side hustle of some sort for 15 years, but in my mind, I didn't have enough experience and quite frankly, wasn't brave enough to go out and start my own company full time until I was forced to. And I realized I wasn't going to work for anyone else again and realized being an entrepreneur is a whole lot of fun and it lines up really well with who I am and what I want in life. 
So this wasn't something that really originated at an early age or was? No. So I had two visions of myself as a child. One was in a corner office in a corporate America, and the other was in a hut in Africa playing with children. And so I started my career in nonprofits thinking I was going to be in the hut in Africa and learned pretty quickly that corporate America is way more fun. And having a big corner office doesn't give me the freedom that I want as a wife and mother. So I decided to make my own company. There you go. And you know what? In this day and age, there aren't any more corner offices because it seems like everybody's working from home anyway. So exactly, you're missing out on much there anyway. So don't worry about it. But it seems like a good move. It sounds like something that came out of necessity, like you said. And hopefully you could still help those folks and those kids in Africa. And I've been to South Africa. It's an interesting place to be for sure. And they definitely could use some help. So maybe you tie that into the mission of your firm at some point and end up working towards both your original goals. Yes, we're definitely out for significance. And (laughs) my husband and I do a lot in our church community for other people. So that's very true. Awesome. One of the things that I'm sure is on people's minds who run businesses is how do you know when you need a CFO? At what point do you say, hey, you know what? We're at a point where we need to have that vision. We need to be able to look in ahead of where we are and be able to guide this ship. When do we need a CFO? Sure. So the answer is yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you're a startup or 20 million, you need someone on your side that understands business financials. I believe our numbers tell a story and many business owners don't pause to listen to what that story is. And when they find out what story their numbers are telling, it doesn't line up at all with what they want for themselves in their future. And so the sooner you can engage with someone who's strong from a business finance side, you can understand the story that your numbers are saying. We have clients that are startups, they're in the raising money phase, and so they're not even cash flow positive yet. And then we have clients that have been in business for 10 years and they're in the construction industry. And we've got clients that are manufacturing at multiple millions and everything in between. So the answer is when you look at your numbers and you're not sure what the story is, that's when you need a CFO. Great. That's, I think, a good indication that help is needed to get you to the next level. So at what point would a client look to or business owner look to pivot, pun intended, by the way, (laughs) from a fractional CFO to a full-time one? Or is it something that's ever needed? Got you. So it just depends on the company. The way we say is typically most companies, once they hit about 20 million, they need a full-time CFO in-house because there's an entire accounting team. And you need the CFO to do two things. One, manage the internal accounting team and two, advise the leadership. We do have a client that's north of that, but it's a small accounting team and they don't need someone in-house. So the point is, if the company is growing and has a staff in the accounting department, it's time to ramp up and get a internal CFO to manage them. So basically what I'm hearing is a fractional CFO could really bring you from a point of birth to around 20 million or so. And obviously that's give or take a little bit, depending upon the type of the business and how they're structured. But essentially that fractional CFO arrangement can really bring you to that point or thereabouts. 100%. That's great. So there are a lot of businesses, a lot of business owners listening that can certainly use a fractional CFO, I'm sure, unless they come from a standpoint of an accounting background that they're the ones that can create the story. 
and they know what's going on. Otherwise, somebody like you and Pivot Business Group would probably be a good match for them. Yes, definitely. You talk a lot about mistakes, right? And what are some mistakes that or top three mistakes you're seeing business owners make And how can Pivot help them solve those issues? Sure. So the first one is not knowing the end goal. I interact with business owners all the time that are fantastic at what they do, but they're just putting their head down and they're grinding, grinding, grinding. And they're not thinking about where they want to take their company, what they want their life to look like in 5, 10 years. What does the exit from this company look like? And there are very different strategies and very different games that need to be played from a business financial perspective, depending on what your goals are. I've had clients come to me that want to sell and I go and look at their numbers. I'm like, cool, I can sell you in about three years because this game that you've been playing for the last 15 is not going to get you a big check because there's no multiple of negative that gets you to 5 million. So the first thing is I encourage all of our business owners that we work with and we have a whole process that we go through, figure out what your goals are. Because if you know where you're going, we can build a plan to get there. But if you just want to put your head down and grind, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Right. The second one is mixing personal with business. Commingling is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous for a lot of reasons. The IRS doesn't like it. So let me be clear. So what I mean is if you're a business owner, regardless of size, and you have a personal bill that needs to be paid, and you just happen to swipe the company card or debit card or write a check out of there for a personal bill, or you're traveling and you just use the company card, or you're out and about buying office supplies and you use your personal credit card instead of the company card, you pay your babysitter out of the company, that's commingling. And the problem is your business needs to stand alone and your personal needs to be separate because if you mix them together, the IRS will see it as a whole. And one of the main reasons that we start a company is so that we are separate legally and tax-wise from our company. And so if you are commingling your expenses, the IRS will see you as one in the same. And so then they will go and audit your personal and tax you based on that and fines. And it gets really, really ugly. And another reason to not commingle your funds is we need to know how your company's doing. This isn't a lifestyle business. Your company is not your piggy bank. You can't just pay your bills and go to Disney out of the company funds. If you want to go to Disney, that's fantastic. Write yourself a distribution check or a dividend check or a payroll check and then pay for Disney. So that's a huge thing that we work with our clients is, okay, this is a company card and a company bank account. This is your personal card and your personal bank account. Right. The two do not mix. Sure. So that's a huge, huge problem. And down the road... If you ever want outside investors or a bank loan, if you're using your company as a lifestyle business and as a piggy bank, you are not looking profitable. And so the story that is is being told is that you're not making money. Well, then they don't want to give you money. So if you can (laughs) keep your personal and business separate, it helps in a lot of aspects. And there's so many. So a third one is not focusing on profit. A lot of business owners talk about top line. Oh, I did six figures. Oh, I did 1.2 million, blah, blah, blah. Well, that is fantastic. I'm super proud of you. How much do you have left over at the end of the day? Because I've walked into companies that are 9 million and the owners roll in large and has all the shiny stuff. And then I go in and they're negative $800,000 and he's having to pull personal funds to clear payroll. Mm -hmm. So you need to start with profit. You need to start with the bottom line because we're all in this to make money. 
And so if you're just looking at top line, you won't have something at the end of the day. So these are three things, right? Having a plan, not commingling personal and business, and focusing on profit. Those are three things that you guys, meaning Pivot Business Group, can directly help your clients focus on, correct? Totally, yes. Great. We also talk about, and I think you'd agree, cash flow is probably one of the most important metrics for a business, right? So how can Pivot help there? Because that's top-notch. I mean, important piece, right? Having the cash flow. Yeah, for sure. So there's so much that goes into cash flow. We actually have cash flow drivers that we focus on. So at a high level, cash flow is the money movement in and out of your company. And the reason for that is the cash flow is the lifeblood. Like you said, it's the fuel that drives your car down the road. And we focus on, okay, how is the money coming in? How is it going out? And what do we need to tweak if we don't like those numbers? If we want to make more money, we want a bigger profit. Okay, there's lots of things that we can do. Can we increase our prices? Can we add another service? Can we open a new location? Or let's look at our cost. What can we cut? Where can we save? We do expense audits with our clients to go line by line with how they're spending their money. We did one two weeks ago and we found them $4,000 a month that they were spending that they didn't need to spend anymore. That's a lot of money. And it was a small organization that they just weren't paying attention. So when you're looking at cash flow, there's so much that affects it that if you don't stop and look at all the components, it will run away. And having an organization like you and and Pivot really helps you not really have to concentrate on that because you'll be able to help bring those to the business owner's attention as their fractional CFO and alert them of things that may be potentially issue-driven or problematic. And it may very well be a viable and needed expense that they can't change or They may not be able to change their pricing power, but at least the conversations being had and exploring other opportunities to increase that metric, right? Exactly. Typically, when we do an expense audit, we can find 2 to 10% to put to the bottom line. And most of the time, it's not one area where you're bleeding money. A lot of times, we can save half a percent here or quarter percent there. We can up our price by two. And all cumulatively, we can put more money to the bottom line. Yeah. And if you're looking to grow and or have an exit, that could be a multiple, you know, that 10% could actually equal another 20, 30% on the purchase, right? Exactly. Yeah. So as a business owner, right, are all the numbers equal or are there ones that we, and I think you alluded to some of them, but are there ones that have more weight than others that we should be paying more attention to than others? And if so, what are those? Sure. So my first thought is, It depends based on your industry and who you are. So if you have time to sit down and look at what your KPIs or key performance metrics are, I encourage you to do so. Because for example, we've got a client that's in the health space. His biggest number that he looks at has nothing to do necessarily with the money in the bank. It's his percentage of capacity because the more people he has in the gym, the more money he's making. So I encourage you to try and dig deep to come up with three to five that are specific for you. But if you're not sure on where to start, I'll give you a few. First is what were your collected sales for the week? Signed contracts are fantastic. Money in the bank Mm. is what we count because we can do things with money in the bank. Signed contracts don't always turn into money in the bank. The next number to look at is what money do you owe to someone else in the next 10 to 15 days? 
So we're looking at what's coming in versus what's coming out, which leads to the third number of what's left over. Because a lot of times people, when they're looking at cash flow, they just say, oh, I invoiced a hundred thousand, I'll be fine. Okay, well, you also have payroll and your truck loan. And so it's all about the timing. So figure out how much is coming in, how much is going out, what's left. And then also I encourage you to look at your debt and what that is costing you every month. If you have a truck payment, the interest is a company expense, but the principal is not if you have a loan. And a lot of business owners don't realize that all of those equipment loans and truck loans are taking $13,000 a month of cash out of your pocket for the principal of those things. And that's right. net. And people don't understand. They think, oh, it's part, it's on the PNL. It's fine. Well, it's not. Right. Right. I think you brought up a great point. I think KPIs are extremely important and every business should have a handful of things that they're looking at. We have a uh, scorecard here. We follow what's EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System and Traction here. Sure. And we have our scorecard and kind of the way we look at it is it's the five or six pieces of information that we would need to know if we were stuck on a deserted island that we want to see if the business is operating in a healthy manner, right? So if you're a business, like you name those ones that you mentioned and you said every business is different. If I'm a business and I want to know what KPIs I should be following, is that something I need to start from scratch and look at my business and kind of do that exercise and say, hey, what are the five pieces or six pieces of information that I want or need to know if I was on a deserted island to make sure everything was running smoothly? Or is there a place that I can go if I need a starting place? Is there a place I could go to find what are a group of KPIs for my specific industry that I can utilize and see if they fit me based upon that generalization, if you will? Yeah. So the first thing, you can read books. Traction is great. We use Empire, which is another operating system. We have a stoplight report where we come up with our KPIs. What I would encourage you to do is look at your numbers and see what's tipping the scale. What number is having the biggest effect? If you're a service provider, it might be payroll. Let's track payroll and get it under control. Because if we can get everyone not doing overtime, you can save a lot of money. Or if you're an insurance, it's probably policies quoted. So how can you increase the number of policies quoted? Mm -hmm. So it comes down to what affects your business? What tips the scale for you? For Foot Locker, one thing in, so again, Empire is the operating system that we use and we're certified in it. We talk about bricks. What's the one thing that you can do every day that tips the scale that the customer benefits from that you benefit from? Well, if you walk into a foot locker, they measure your foot. They pull right. out that metal clanky thing, make you take your shoe off, stand up and slide it to say, oh, you're a size eight or whatever. Right. The one number that every foot locker has to report to headquarters at the end of the day is how many feet they measured. Interesting. Because they found that if they measure feet, they have like a 64% chance of an increase in sale. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think the important thing here is, and you could correct me if uh, you think differently or I'm wrong, but I think businesses sometimes think that these KPIs, when they kind of put pen to paper on them, think that they have to stay that way in perpetuity, right? Oh, I picked these five KPIs. This is what it's going to be. And that's not necessarily true. It's those KPIs may, can, and will change over time as 
what you want to measure may change over time. Is that not the case? I agree 100%, Larry, because every 90 days when we're working with our clients for Empire or CFO, we talk about what our goals are. And if we're focusing on one thing for this next 90 days, we're going to track a different number than we did for the last 90 days because that's not our focus right now. So it's not like you need to come up with what the KPIs are and engrave them on the wall and make a plaque and all those kind of things. Because what if you have another opportunity? What if your focus changed? What if you come up with a new product line? What if the vision of the owner changes? So it isn't set in stone, but there are numbers in your business right now that if you would watch on a daily basis, you will make more money. You will have higher sales. You will have better cash flow and you will have better profit guaranteed. That's amazing. Are there ways, and I would expect if I had a CFO, fractional CFO, one of their jobs is, as you said, to kind of tell that story and see what's ahead for the business. Are there ways to increase the value of your business with simple techniques or strategies that you can introduce to the business? Because I think, like you said, you have to have a plan, right? If you're creating this business, I don't think you could go into it with just the idea that I'm just going to build it to as big as I want it to be. There has to be either I want this to be a legacy that I'm going to pass on to my family to continue. I want to exit and sell at some point. There has to be some kind of exit strategy in terms of planning for the future because we don't know where we're going to be or how we're going to be going forward. So how do we do that? What kind of techniques can we use with that in mind to increase the value of the business that you can introduce as a fractional CFO? Yeah, perfect. So the first thing we do is we look at the industry because not all industries are created equal in an exit, specifically when it comes to valuing the company. Some companies are sold strictly on one one times multiple of their gross revenue. Like CPA firms are typically sold for one time top line revenue. If you're a service provider, it depends on what your recurring revenue is. MRR, your monthly recurring revenue. Because if you think about an exit and the value of your company, it lies in your cash flow, which we've already talked about the importance of that, and any assets that you have. So if you have you sell a client a widget and they never come back, then you are always on the treadmill trying to sell another widget to a brand new person. And that business is worth less to a potential buyer than one that has a recurring revenue stream. 100%. So if you are looking for an exit, getting customers into contracts or subscriptions or some sort of annual plan is a great way to increase your company's value because the new buyers coming in knowing that they've got $20,000 coming in the door, guaranteed. So that's a huge thing is getting recurring revenue. And what kind of effect could that have on a multiple? Let's say, to take your example that you mentioned earlier, right? You said accounting firms typically sell for one times top line revenue, right? right? So let's have accounting firm A that's one times accounting, one times top line revenue, and accounting firm B that is potentially has contracts with their clients annually recurring or monthly payments, same revenue, same revenue, just monthly recurring or annually recurring revenue stream. How does that affect the multiple? What does it go from, from one to 10, one to five? What's the increase typically there? And I know there are a lot more working parts and we're simplifying this. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of variables 
So I don't want to say it goes from one to 10. I think that's too much. I think it would definitely go from one to two easily because if you had a potential buyer coming in and they knew guaranteed revenue was coming in for services to be rendered, it's a whole lot better situation. The other component that I've seen people be really successful is integrate a technology or software, a SaaS play, because then again, that's monthly recurring revenue. So if you can incorporate some sort of technology or software with the services or product that you sell that brings in monthly money, then it's 10, 15 X. Right. Well, listen, I mean, if you're an accounting firm listening to this and you're telling me I get one times top line revenue, and if I simply change my business model a little bit to this recurring revenue stream, and you're telling me now I could get 2x, that's a pretty healthy differential for not terribly large change to my business, really. It's just a way that I bill and contract with my clients, really. Exactly. That's a handsome return on that investment. So there are certain ways that can really boost up those multiples depending upon your business and what your options within that space that you're in, but they could have significant impact to those multiples. Yes, totally. And another huge one that we've seen is systems. If you don't have written processes and systems for how your company runs, it is not worth as much money because it is dependent on you. So if you're looking to exit, I encourage you as the owner to start writing down how things are done. What is the process? Mm -hmm. How do you sell? How do you invoice? All of those things, because if all of those components are reliant on you as the owner, your company is only worth you. Right. It's almost like the McDonald's franchise model. Why they get larger multiples is because you could walk into the business and you basically have a manual on how to do it. Everyone is handled very similarly. Exactly. And that also rolls into building a good team so that if you as the owner were to walk away tomorrow, your team can function. Your team can operate and continue to sell and make payroll and keep customers happy and all the moving pieces. And when people come in and buy, that's very attractive to them, especially if they can get the employees to sign a contract of Will do you agree to stay for 12 months after the transition? And typically there's a monetary incentive to do so. That's a huge upsell and value increase of your company. Because again, if everything's reliant on you and your head, your company's only worth you. Right. And if you're out of the picture, (laughs) it's worth nothing. So what I'm hearing is three things. If you are one of those people who's trying to plan to not be working for the rest of your life or in the event that something were to happen to you, you really want to work on recurring revenue, having systems and processes documented, not in your head, and having a great team together. And those three things combined could really elevate the multiples that you could potentially see if and when the time comes that you either exit or want to sell the business. Totally. There's lots of them, but those three will make a huge difference for you. Amazing. So there are a lot of numbers here, right? Luckily, I'm a math major, so it comes easy to me. But I know a lot of our listeners kind of get scared by numbers sometimes. That's why they need a fractional CFO, right? In the first place. But If I'm not at that point and I haven't come to that resolution yet, what are the best ways for me to track the numbers for my business? I know you mentioned Empire as like a system that you use, but also in terms of QuickBooks or other tools that are out there, are there better tools that I should be using for tracking or are all the platforms equal and it really doesn't matter, just track them? 
Sure. So the bottom line is use a software that's cloud-based to track your number because you can get to it anywhere and it will sync directly with your bank. We prefer QuickBooks Online because it is the most widely used and user-friendly. And because it's been around for so long, third-party software plays nice with it. So if you use Salesforce, you can get it to talk to QuickBooks Online. So we prefer QuickBooks Online. It's easy to use. The reporting is gives you everything you need. It talks directly with your bank. It's easy to reconcile. The goal is one way or the other to have a software that's keeping it up for you. So you're not having to actually manually enter every buy, sell, invoice needed, et cetera. Yes. I've interacted with customers that are, I think it was 1.6 million in gross sales and he was using an Excel spreadsheet. Oh boy. And I was like, dude, A, impressive. I feel for his accountant. Right? <laughs> a, that's super impressive. But B, like, what are you doing? Because think about the value of his time. He was the salesperson right. for his company and had to oversee the staff, but he was spending 10 hours a week filling in a spreadsheet when he should have been out selling, making deals happen and casting vision to his team. So by coming in, putting his books on QuickBooks and outsourcing the bookkeeping to our team, he gained 10 hours a week. Right. Which had to relate to more revenue and more profit when all was said and done, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. Because he basically just got a new another week a month to sell because of that freed up time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad for that client's accountant because I don't know how they did the financials at the end of the year. It must have been a lot of fun on their part. Yes. I'm sure taxes were creative. Well, listen, I've learned a lot. So and where you are and where you are today. So what are the next big things for Pam Jordan and the Pivot Business Group? Sure. So what we're doing right now is focusing on Empire implementations. Like I said, it's very similar to EOS from Traction. So we come in and work with our clients and we can come and clean up the numbers, help with their finances, grow their cash, increase their profit, all of those things. But we didn't have a tool to help them when it comes to operations and systems and their people. And so this is a tool that allows us to do that. So the next six to nine months is us doing Empire implementations for our current existing clients and new clients so that we can holistically help them grow and scale to whatever is next for them. That's amazing. It sounds like it fits in nicely with what you're currently and already doing because it's still, it's just helping you move further in that direction of that clarity and understanding of the financial situation of the business. Exactly. And it's just a framework to use. And we've studied quite a few and we found that this one really spoke to entrepreneurs. And since that's who we work for, we were able to get in line with this organization and implement it because it talks to the entrepreneur and the visionary and, hey, this is what you want. Here's the plan. Let's go. Yeah. And if, if any of us had learned anything over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so between Shark Tank and the folks on there, as well as the profit with Marcus Limonis, right? You got to know your numbers for a business. I mean, how many times do they, does Kevin O'Leary and Marcus Limonis on those shows pound it into people's head? If you're going to look for an investor, 
And it doesn't just apply to that. It applies to so many things as we've discussed here. You got to know the numbers. And if you don't, you have to have a team like yours. If you're not big enough at that 20 million plus, and if you're big enough, you definitely better have a team to know those numbers because otherwise it's going to be a very difficult challenge getting to the next level or getting anywhere for that matter. Exactly. That's a great point, Larry. We actually had a client that went on Shark Tank. So we role played and drilled numbers and drilled numbers because obviously their numbers were current and up to date because we were doing them. But right. that doesn't mean that they could off the cuff quote, what's your gross profit margin? What's your landed cost? You know, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so prior to going on the show, we gave them all the numbers and they just went over it and over and over it. And they were able to very quickly and clearly tell the sharks where they were and they got a deal. Oh, but if nice. they were up I- there not telling their numbers, and fumbling, they would not have gotten a deal. Right. And how do they do after that? Did the deal actually commence? Because I know that there are a lot of deals made on the show, but then when they go through the whole deal diligence process, sometimes those deals don't actually come to fruition. Did theirs actually happen? And if so, how did it work out for them? So papers have not yet been signed. Okay. It is a very tedious process to go through that with the due diligence and the sharks. However, the PR from it has been fantastic. So even if we don't sign papers, the attention and the PR we received was worth just as much, if not more than the shark's money. That's great. Yeah, that's a lot of things people don't realize behind the scenes. They think that they got a deal, it's done. And that's like the starting point. My understanding is it's like 12 to 18 months out sometimes before that actually gets consummated, if it does. so If at all, yeah. uh, Because Yeah, it's crazy. When you're there... You don't talk terms. You don't talk when the money is going to be delivered. The devil's in the details, as they say, right? Who you're accountable to and how frequently. Like, There's so much in the fine print. So yes, we are months and months into discussions to figure out if we can see eye to eye and everyone walks away with a win. And if not, it's all right. But obviously, we'd like to do a deal. But it takes everybody to get along. Amazing. Amazing. Pam, well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And we end every show by asking each of our guests the same question. What did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? This is the Midland Money Mindset. So we have to ask you the question. I had lunch with my husband. So I stopped the chaos of my day and had lunch with my husband. Oh, nice. Do you guys work together or no? Not at all. He's a pastor. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So he works for our church. So that's something that I did today that was for me that was able to help me focus on what's important and come back and keep on getting it. Amazing. Amazing. Well, listen, Pam, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We're going to have all your contact information in the show notes. But if people want to find you, what's the best and easiest place for them to do that? Perfect. Just go to PamJordan.com. And it's J-O-R-D-A-N, just like Michael. Great. Are you related? I wish. <laughs> okay. Well, you are in the same state from where he was from, so you never know. It's true. But, it's true. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and learning more about you and Pivot Business Group and certainly have a lot of takeaways for our listeners. So I thank you for your time and make it a great day. Thanks. This has been a blast. I want to thank Pam Jordan for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Pam understands the importance of knowing your numbers. Having her as a part of your financial team is a huge plus in understanding how those numbers affect your business. 
Her entrepreneurial spirit and ability to help companies grow is second to none. She has shared some easy things all businesses can be doing to add value to their company immediately. Pam Jordan and the Pivot Business Group can be found across all social media platforms, and all the contact information needed to find her can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.